This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, August 11th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's set of lines. Don't block farmers from innovating. Specialty crops in Farm Bill and relief on food costs coming? Economist. Farmers will adapt if they can innovate. The Assembly Ag Committee held an informational hearing yesterday to gather policy ideas for keeping farmers competitive. California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson ran through a litany of challenges facing farmers, from the high cost of running a business to the drought, labor expenses, and lower yields from fewer permitted pesticides. UC Davis agricultural economist Daniel Sumner agreed, but saluted farmers for remaining strong and resilient by adapting. That flexibility is shown in how growers quickly transition from low-value commodities like cotton to tree nut crops and how dairy farmers have maintained their market dominance through science and innovation. Sumner warned the lawmakers to allow agriculture to continue to innovate and not get in the way. If they're allowed to, said Sumner, California farmers and ranchers and the rest of the supply system will actually do better at supplying the world with food, fiber, and other agriculture products than most other places that we compete against. To the value of change, Sumner acknowledged that high cost for fruits and vegetables is an issue for a lot of consumers, but he had no solution since Californians want to pay workers higher wages. It's a really tough nut to crack, said Sumner, and it's one more place where innovation is needed. California seeks more specialty crop attention and farm bill. CDFA hosted a virtual listening session for the farm bill yesterday, gathering California-focused feedback for USDA. Among the many commenters, California Farm Bureau Vice President Shanna Douglas pushing for closing the gap on insurance for specialty crops. Just 80 of the state's 400 commodities are included in the program. Another top priority was trade and export issues. Douglas called for more funding for market access and development, along with technical assistance. She also cautioned against cutting any funding from environmental incentives and sought to ensure those financial assistance dollars reach producers directly. CDFA is hosting a hybrid session in San Diego next week, followed by sessions in Fresno and in Richmond. Grocers likely in no hurry to change prices. The White House is no doubt glad to see the consumer price index stay unchanged for July, but there is little good news in the latest data for supermarket prices. And while there are reasons to think that retail food prices could be peaking, it may be a while for consumers to see the effects. The cost of eating at home is up 13.1% over the past year, a rate not seen since early 1979, and grocery prices rose 1.3% in July, the highest monthly increase since March. Now take note, Cal Poly economist Ricky Volpe, speaking on a press briefing organized by FMI, the Food Industry Association, says retailers are slow to change prices in either direction just because of the cost and complexity entailed in adjusting prices for thousands of products. To reduce prices even a little bit is going to be an expensive proposition, especially given that inflationary costs continue to trend upward over time, he said. Prices for poultry and eggs continue to be a significant factor in inflation that due to the avid influenza outbreak that forced farms to destroy birds. 
But Volpe, a former economist for USDA, says the poultry industry is especially resilient and able to respond to shocks relatively quickly. Now, the beef industry, another matter. He said, quote, we're still today feeling the supply-side impacts of beef cattle left over from the Great Recession because that is such a slow-moving and rigid supply chain, he said. USTR cutting tariffs in IPEF not on the table. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai has made it clear to the United Steelworkers that the proposed Indo-Pacific Economic Framework Agreement won't open the U.S. to cheaper imports uh, through reduced tariffs. Tai, in her most blunt assessment yet on the prospect for reducing trade tariffs, told union members yesterday, we are learning lessons from the Trans-Pacific Partnership and we are putting our worker-centered trade policy into action. And because of that, tariff elimination is not on the table. Why it matters? Well, farm state lawmakers and U.S. ag groups continue to criticize the Biden administration for its refusal to consider trade deals that would slash foreign tariffs on U.S. ag exports. There are a number of non-tariff provisions in TPP that would help facilitate trade, but it seems to be a lost opportunity to not address tariff levels as much of the gains to U.S. producers and consumers will come through tariff reductions. Joe Glober, a senior research fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute and former USDA chief economist, told AgriPulse after Ty's speech. Biden announces $1.1 billion in rural infrastructure funding. The Biden administration says half of the $2.2 billion in funds allocated this year under the bipartisan infrastructure law will be going to construction projects in rural areas. Much of the funding will go toward improving roads and bridges, but there will also be money to help strengthen infrastructure that will benefit farmers and ag exports, such as the construction of a new $12.6 million berth at a section of Port Tampa Bay in Florida that ships ag goods, said Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Syngenta Atticus Settle Fungicide Patent Dispute Syngenta Crop Protection and Atticus LLC said yesterday they'd settled all claims and counterclaims in litigation launched by Syngenta in 2019, alleging Atticus had infringed on Syngenta patents for fungicide products. Atticus will continue to sell its azoxtrobin products, the company's press release said, adding both parties agree that valid intellectual property rights are important to the industry and should be respected. Syngenta's uh, complaint alleged that five of Atticus products infringed certain Syngenta patents relating to the manufacture of azoxtrobin fungicides, Syngenta said in 2019. Here's today's She Said It. Forgive me if it doesn't make sense to you. It does to me. That CDFA Secretary Karen Ross adjusting her notes on the fly to avoid repeating points from the many other speakers at yesterday's Assembly Act hearing. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, August 11th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.